When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I hope life is going well for you. Life is going great for us. We have um, another sick girl in the MTC. When, my, when her twin sister was the MTC in January, she was sick and now her twin sister's sick. So I wonder if that MTC has some um, issues with the germs. But other than that, we talked to our other missionary today in Vegas, or actually she's in Arizona and she's doing well. And it's getting beautiful here in Tampa. We had some friends in this weekend and we went to the beach and just life is good. So I hope life is good for you. And I'm excited about what I'm going to talk to you about today. It is connection parenting and how to do that. And, you know, I see this trend when um, your child comes out and I've worked with so many parents and it's interesting. Like I, they, they either go to like really um, fear-based, like authority parenting to like trying to control their child, or they go to the other spectrum of where they become their child's friend instead of the parent. And either one of those is some problem-based, you know, you want to be in the middle where I call it's that connection parenting where you're connected, um, but your child knows the boundaries, but they still feel like you're on their team. And it's that balance is sometimes tricky because, you know, parenting in our best days can seem like the hardest job in the world. And when you throw a child who is struggling with their sexuality, it can make even the most confident parent feel really off their game. And that really happened to us when our child came out because on top of him struggling with the sexuality, he was also really experiencing anxiety and depression, which I haven't met a child who's come out who hasn't <clears throat> felt that and thrown puberty. And that really made the perfect storm. And so our normal style of parenting no longer seemed as effective and relevant to what our son needed. And so like our normal happy house turned into a lot of chaos, high tension and stress. And I, he was our oldest. And I was like, I was longing for the easy days of sippy cups and naps, but it was not great because it, like, it seemed like every interaction turned into something painful for him and for us. And I was like get, beginning to feel like we could not get out or break that cycle. And it felt really heavy, sad, overwhelming. And I was like, did not love how I was showing up or how our interactions were going. Um, and I felt like my son like was making it difficult. Like I was like, um, you, I remember saying, when you make it really difficult for me to the parent, I always want it to be. <laughs> and I realized soon it wasn't his problem and it was my issues of how I was showing up and what I was expecting. And I had more control in how to guide the interactions than I realized. And, you know, we loved our son so much and we just felt like our loving, strong family, like had been swept away and like, it was crazy time. And it wasn't just affecting Nick. It was affecting his five siblings underneath him. And so we quickly realized like we needed to do something different. And I mean, this is one of the reasons I'm a coach today because of what my coach and our therapist did for us. They taught us new patterns and um, we got back to the place where we wanted to be or even stronger as a family. And that's what I do with my clients where you feel a little broken in this scenario and you want 
you have such good intent. And what it did is really teach us even how to parent our other children better. So, you know, today it's a very different story with our relationship with Nick. Um, he, you know, he's, he's first free spirited, independent, a creative boy. Um, his expression of his individualism is always evolving and it's fun to see him develop his own interest and gain confidence as he's becoming the man that he wants to be. And even though he's not living at home, he's out at college. I still, we both still feel really deeply connected to him because of the work we have done and continue to work on our relationship. So one of the most important parts of his confidence is the deep connection that he has to our, to me and John. And um, we are really secure with our connection with him. And, um, you know, even when things, when he's making decisions that choices that we are not thrown out, we don't back off physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Um, we are there for our son. And sometimes we, you know, in those situations where they're not doing what you think they should be, you feel like I got to set boundaries or a step off or let go. But those are the times when our children need our need us the most. And it's not about approval. It's about being there emotionally for them. And so you need to still be able to handle yourself and emotionally regulate yourself. So you could still be that nurturing wise parent that your child and be in the parenting game. Okay. And in doing that, then you create a much more secure child. And so what we did is we created this whole new dynamic where we learned how to be connected parents, not authority or permissive based, and really create a healthy dynamic that was re more realistic for who my child was. So there's, like I said, there's that two different styles, um, well, three, where you, the authority, the fear kind of parenting or the permissive friend parenting, those are the two end spectrums. And in the middle is that connected um, boundary type of parent and the authority parent, that's kind of where John and I went, to be honest with you. Like we were trying to control the uncontrollable. And so it was, it's very high discipline, follow rules because we're your parents. Um, and if you don't, there'll be serious consequences. And this kind of looks like do as you're told style, kind of strict and flexible set of rules. You're not really interested in the child's point of view. Um, you enforce swiftly without really discussion it's very controlling, high demand, high expectations. Um, not it's doesn't respond to the child or adapt to the child's needs. And it's kind of a cold more than warm towards the child. And it's kind of just like, because I said so, and it's easy. This feels easier to parent from, which it isn't, but it feels because it feels like you're in control. Um, but it's, it's the farthest thing from control really. And so, the other side is the permissive friend parenting. And I've seen a lot of clients go to this side because they're worried about their child's mental health. They're worried. Um, they feel like they've already with their child and said things damaged. So they don't want to damage them anymore. So they're really afraid how they're showing up. And so it is kind of a fear base, but internally fear. And they really worry and question what kind of boundaries or limits they can do to help their child. And so they sometimes don't set any. And what this does, it leaves the child feeling really confused, which leads to further disconnection. So the permissive friend parenting is really low discipline. Um, like I said, doesn't set boundaries because you're so worried about how your child's going to react. And so you become kind of the best friend and driven. It's really driven by like a parent's anxiety or dread of how that child's going to react or their feelings. And so your goal shifts from what is best for the child to what makes me feel like I'm being a good parent. 
And so you're kind of this illusion of like, if my child's happy with what I say, I'm being a good parent. And it's really confusing. And it's usually you're kind of highly, extremely involved in the child. You're reluctant to discipline. You're more concerned about the child being happy versus the child um, getting what they need. Um, And your rules might be erratically enforced. And children in these situations usually have little to no responsibility. And sometimes you blame other people for your child's problems. Like if they had a better teacher or better bishop or better therapist or a better dad, like the other parent. And so either one of these dynamics is where you want to be. Okay. So how do you get in the center and be that connected parent that creates the strongest relationship with your child? And you really have to develop um, three qualities of acceptance, understanding, and communication. And this is what will help your child become that best, well-adjusted LGBTQ child or any child. And there's growing so much evidence suggests that the parents who make such a critical difference in the mental health of their LGBTQ child. Um, so learning how to negotiate this parent-child relationship is so essential for your child's well-being. In fact, your parent-child connection needs to become even stronger once your um, child comes out because they're constantly looking like for, are you going to love me? Do you still want to be connected for me? So, you know, one pitfall many parents face when trying to move away from fear-based or permissive parenting style is going too far to this other side with no limits and then realizing, okay, children need balance. So how do you do this? And so these are, think, think of these three sentences, and this is what a connective parent looks like. It means accepting them for who they are and not what you think they should be, like parenting the version of your child versus the version you want your child to be. It means creating understanding for what they're going through and what you don't understand. And it means taking the time to communicate and listen to your child every day. So let's just start with acceptance. Um, You know, the studies have shown that if the child feels accepted, they will become a more happy, productive adult. And acceptance doesn't mean that you have to love everything your child does. That's not acceptance. Um, You know, there was many choices that Nick made and still makes that we aren't thrilled with. But acceptance means that in spite of your disappointment, the essence of your child and your mind remains dear to you, regardless of their choices. Like you really understand you have your child and their choices, and that's not the same. And it means letting go of controlling them, but not letting go of nurturing them. It means you're still guiding them in life and in their spiritual path, but also trusting them to make their own choices. That if they don't choose what you think, you don't take it personally. You really learn to love the child that is versus the child that you wish they would be. You know, our relationship improved vastly when I dropped my expectations of how my son needed to be and started to see and accept him for the amazing human he is. So allow your child to unfold as they are, not as you wish them to be. So it's really basically dropping the control of who your child is becoming. That is acceptance. Okay. The second one is understanding and being connected and understanding is really children who feel understood by their parents, even in the face of conflict can move forward with confidence. So they learn how not to avoid conflict or exploration and individualism, and they don't prematurely push for independence without the support of their parents. They, they develop at a much healthier way. And there was a lot of that we didn't really understand about Nick's sexuality. Like I said, neither John and I are LGBTQ. So at first we thought our role was to help him fix it, to see like what, how we can fix this. And we were completely wrong. We had to become educated on how sexuality worked and all the new things. 
And if we didn't understand how he was acting, we need, we knew we needed more information. Like if you don't understand what your child's doing, then you need to understand. And it was our job to become educated, better educated for this journey for Nick. There was a lot we didn't understand because we just didn't know. And our reactions really changed once we had better knowledge. Like once you know better, you do better. And we learned that we could understand and respect his choices without letting go of our values. And that is a fine line, but it is an important line, especially if you're faith-based at all. Um, There was a lot we didn't understand because we just didn't know. And our reactions changed so much when we let go of like, his choices are a reflection on us. Like you're going to still have moments of profound disappointment and anger because you're a human being, but you will also still be the parent who is paying attention, setting limits, defining consequences. And in the process, you're probably incur your child's anger, but what is different is you don't lose connection with them, even when they don't like their choices or you don't like how they're reacting. Like you really understand like their reaction, they can have whatever reaction they want. Um, you are not going to mirror their anger. Like if they're angry, you're not going to be angry because you're feeling more in control of your own emotions, your self-regulating, re- re- sorry, yourself really well. And you're really understanding what's happening when your child becomes anger and you realize your his or her reactions have nothing to do with you. So you learn to stop simply reacting and you start finding out the best way to respond to their behavior. You start learning what your child is thinking and feeling. you become, like I said, less reactive to behavior. And it gives you the opportunity when you become less reactive, it gives you the opportunity to address really the root of the behavior. And that is where you really learn what your child needs. Um, and this is when I learned like the root of like Nick's depression, and anxiety, this is where um, compassion, that emotion of compassion came more available to me. And I realized like his behavior was just symptoms of a bigger problem. So learning how to do this is like you pause, you breathe through your own reactions, you focus on the child instead of your child's actions. And over time, you become really good at slowing your brain down and your reaction down and discerning really what's going on in the situation. And this really what we found eliminate the behavior itself because we weren't no longer escalating it anymore. And we were doing a new dance with Nick when he got upset and this, we were then setting a better pattern for Nick of like help guiding him to become better expressing them himself in the future. So the end result is not only the resolution of the present issue, but also strengthening our relationship and giving that safe place to our child that they're not alone in dealing with these problems and that we want to really become the safe haven, the soft place to land in those high times of need. Okay. So, so the third aspect is communication. Um, you know, it's funny because I talk, so many of my clients are like, like I send texts, I send things and they don't respond or they don't want to really talk about the issue. And I totally get it. Um, you know, I have a 24 year old too, and I have very little access to his life. And so you have to really still show up. Like I always say you show up as the mom you want to be, or the dad you want to be, regardless of how your child's acting. So ensure that you talk like when they're in your home still, that you're frequently talking open with your child. Um, you know, the minimum baseline should be 15 minutes of one-on-one daily. And this can be tricky, but also remember like communication, it means that 15 minutes could be your uh, 15 minutes of listening. The part of communication is really listening to your child and you listen, not just to their words 
attitude and angst, but you listen to their struggles, their hopes, and, you know, also be honest about your own fears, struggles, and failings. Um, You showing your humanness to your child will be a really strong connection point. So when they're saying things that might be triggering to you say, oh, this feels really scary to me, but I tell me more, you know, like really be authentic in that moment. Um, but don't use your child to process your pain, use a coach or a therapist or a friend, like make sure you just be honest, but also like be very, um, not accusatory with what's going on with you. It's not about you. Um, be the first one to listen, to forgive and apologize. Try to be the first one to understand and back down, like find another way. In fact, I just had an interaction where I was talking to Nick, we were FaceTiming and um, the guy he was dating was there. And I said something that Nick didn't like, and I knew immediately. Right. And he texted me and he said, listen, mom, when you said this, that made me feel like, and I just immediately apologized, you know? And um, I, I, I've, fine. I've gotten so good at apologizing. I'm sorry. That was not my intention, you know, um, because you rarely is your intention to disconnect or to shame your child or say things, but you're a human being, you're going to mess it up. And so you patterning how to do it and say, you're sorry is the most important thing. Um, you know, when your child says that they want, they don't want to do something, say it doesn't, you realize this isn't them being disrespectful or threatening their, your authority. You listen to their reasons for not wanting to comply for something without feeling like they're disrespecting you. Because when you do that, when you show up and like, this isn't about them disrespecting me, this, I want to hear what they're going to say. Then your brain stays open and you find a solution. But if you go to like, they should do it because I said, so I'm their parent, they're disrespecting me. Then you normally, your, your result is you're disrespecting them. And you never really make hate hay way. And the, tension gets bigger. You know, we always keep an open door policy and usually in the late evenings, which is not great for me because that's not usually my best, but usually kids like to talk when it's late or in the car, especially at night. Like it seems like when things slow down for them, they start processing and they have so many overwhelming emotions that they need to talk to you at night. Um, So just kind of be prepared for that if you haven't experienced that. And really helping them verbalize their feelings and experience by listening to their hearts and not just their words, like read your whole child and just quietly offer observation. Um, I have to, my, my kids are like, are you don't life coach me mom. <laughs> so I have to be very careful. Um, and so I have tried to get really better about just listening and saying that must be tough without trying to solve it. And sometimes that's all your children need is just hearing them. You know, when we take the time to linger with our children, we then get to know them in the most like intimate and specific way. And that is when we become connected. So learning these skills will nurture your child without the need to control them. You will be modeling that unconditional love and emotional support that actually they will want to take in all their relationships going forward. And you build a really secure attachment that and a bond that will last a lifetime. So these are the eight rules to help guide you. Um, it is model instead of manipulate, invite instead of intimidate, support instead of shame, encourage instead of enrage, teach instead of threaten, listen instead of lecture, help instead of hurt, and parent instead of punish. So you've been parenting from a place of emotional neediness, neediness or stress. And that's where we were in the beginning because we were going through so much emotions about Nick being LGBTQ. Like we had to work through our own emotional baggage to get to a place of peace. And 
that really helped our parent-child relationship when we got through our pain. And this could be really difficult to step out of our reactionary cycles with our children. It's hard to stop the patterns that you were doing. And in our, in our case too, like Nick was our oldest. And so we were learning how to parent teenagers too. And that's a different thing. And um, we couldn't do it without for us, some outside help. And um, if you need help with changing your patterns and just the cycles of the negative cycles you're in as a parent, like reach out to me. Um, This is, I've coached so many families with this, where I just kind of give you the space to process, to see what you're doing, to see what your brain's doing in those um, high stress moments with your child. And then we talk about going forward, how to show up differently. And it's, you. I, I couldn't do it myself. Like I said, I had to have somebody say, oh, let's talk about the situation. And they, my coach would talk about it with me and say, do you see what you said those words? Because you were thinking this. And when you were thinking this, this is your actions. And so it, I had to retrain um, my brain to think differently and break the cycles that I had. And a lot of the cycles, like it was just the way I was parented or the way my husband was parented, but it wasn't working for our child. And I like get this help so you could be connected because your child, you want a relationship. We want a relationship with our children, you know, throughout all of their ages. Um, and it's interesting now because we did this having, you know, we have like almost five out of the house that we still feel completely close to our children and love them. And they still come to us for the issues. Like we're still important and relevant in our children's life, which I think every parent wants to be Um, because, you know, we love our humans, right? We love the people and they, you, we want them always to be your people. And so if you are feeling like you're not liking your child and you're not liking how you're showing up, um, please come and um, get into our community of lifted together, because this is one of the number one things I help you with is parenting more healthy, more connected. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great day. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community lifted together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.